What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. Joining me today on the Halftime Snacks is a massive, and believe me when I say massive guest, because I mean it. This man is the CEO and founder of Front Office Sports, the leading media brand covering the business of sports. FOS reaches millions of business professionals through their newsletters, social media channels, courses, podcasts, exclusive content, and more. Our guest leads the day-to-day operations of the company, which include content, strategy, socials, events, partnerships, you name it. It's an absolute pleasure to host him today. So, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce Adam White. <laughs> Thanks, Ronan. Excited to be here. It's a great intro. I'm not going to lie. It's probably one of the best ones I've got. I love it. Man, welcome to the Halftime Snacks. It's a pleasure to finally host you. Shout out to Liam for introducing me to you. By the way, for those who don't know, Adam here uh, won in the past the Price is Right. He won a sauna. Um, yes. So the icebreaker for you, Adam, today is uh, Price is Right on the Halftime Snacks. Um, yeah. So we're going to play that little game. Uh, okay. It'll be an easy one. And if you if you get it right, I might I might send you... You know, I might send you something. Um, so, so the price is right, all right? You're going to have to tell me what's the most expensive trophy out of the three. Okay. Is it the Commissioner's Trophy, the one from the MLB? Okay. The Stanley Cup Trophy from the NHL? Or the Larry O'Brien from the NBA? Which one's the most expensive? Hmm. I want to say Stanley Cup, but I feel, like it's, uh, I feel like it's Larry O'Brien for some reason. But I want to say Stanley Cup, so I'll go with Stanley Cup. I'm a big hockey fan. I'll go with Stanley Cup. What? Dude, you got it nice. right. <laughs> Nice. I love it. I love it. Oh, so awesome. I saw I saw it wasn't a matter of luck last time, huh? <laughs> well, who knows? It was a, it was a little bit of everything. Definitely you, a little bit of everything. You got it on you, Adam. Um man, I'm a firm believer that um ideas get into the head of people and they get planted as seeds and they grow with time. Uh as you grow and as you start to see different things, they start to glow, grow. So I'm pretty sure that there was this one seed in your mind that was planted maybe in your childhood, maybe, you know, a long time ago. Uh, in your memories, there, there has to be something planted that for, from the first time that sports got into you, it, it planted in your mind. So I, I want to know if you can maybe share us one or two childhood memories that you remember that you think introduced you to the world of sports that then grew into this idea to pursue a career actually in sports? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I Honestly, I don't know if there's ever anything that's like a certain time or a moment. Uh, you know, for the most part, it was I played sports as a kid. I was the only son. So, of course, I was going to play sports no matter what. I didn't really have a choice, uh, which was totally fine and absolutely loved it. And, you know, went to various games and everything like that as a kid. So, again, I just lived a normal life. You know, played baseball, played baseball in high school, swam in high school, um you know competed in sports my whole entire life was always super active and everything like that so it was just part of my life and then I went to school and didn't really know what I wanted to do so sports at large was really just 
for me, it was like kind of the thing that I knew the best and what I had done. And so that's kind of how it ended up to being like, okay, I'll study sports management at Miami. And that's how everything started realistically. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I want you to maybe also briefly relate because I think the story is fascinating of how it all started with a project. Uh, then you ended up meeting Russ by also by maybe a coincidence yeah. posting online, meeting him up. So maybe just sh share briefly how, how FOS went really from projects to, to a project to then earning its first dollar. Yeah. For, for my standpoint, uh, you know, when it started, it was really just like you said, a project, a class project that we started. Uh, I was a freshman coming out from my freshman year. So going into my sophomore year at the university of Miami, And, you know, at the time, it was really someone had told me, a professor had told me, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And so my whole thought process was like, how do I know more people? So I decided to do something very similar to what you're doing here. I interviewed people who worked in and around sports and published the, those interviews with those people and just kept at it, kept at it, started posting on Twitter, built the brand. And I think the one thing that's a little bit different versus how people are approaching things today, and, and it's, you know, not a bad thing, but I set out purposefully to build a brand. I wouldn't expect it to be a brand that like was really like what it is today, but I set out specifically to build a brand and not like make myself a creator. Like I could have been a creator if I wanted to, right? And it could have just been the Adam White show and stuff like that. And I could have done all the things that I'm doing, but you know, realistically, I don't think I would have ever done what I, what we've done, right? Like you can't build a, an award like the Adam White award, right? Rising 25 is, is an award, right? Like it's a, it's a franchise. I could have had events. And I could have been, again, like could have been a personality, a journalist, someone who owns, you know, these different areas. But well, again, was really focused more so on building the brand. And so that's how it started. And, you know, met Russ by chance uh, with Miami and, and kind of, you know, he was the one guy who responded to me and, and the Facebook posts. And, you know, it's now seven years later, which is kind of crazy to think about Russ and I have been, working on this now for seven years and continuing day in and day out. So it's a, it's a, it's a running joke that Russ and I have the longest relationship together, uh, you know, so it's, it's good though. But yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it was really just kind of right time, right place. And the opportunity to take advantage of the platform that we built while we were still in school and Russ, had, you know, was older than me and graduated, but yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, from listening to one of your other episodes that you mentioned how at the beginning it was all about like sitting down, You know, waking up early, sitting down, writing a good newsletter, uh, doing some research, sending it out. Um, so I understand that in, in part building a brand was the end goal. Um, but you had to have these like ideas or mental, mental models that you had uh, around writing, around creating content, around building an audience. So I, I wonder what, what were your intentions, of course, with the goal in mind, which were really to build a brand that will evolve to what it is today. But... Were, were some of the intentions like monetize, build your skills or get involved with the industry, get to know more people, develop your network? Like what were some of your like intentions that or the mental models that like, you were like, okay, like me and Russ, we're going to do this, but then this is going to help us with A, B, C and V, which will drive us to build an actual brand. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there was nothing. It was never, it was really supposed to be fun, man. And to be honest with you, like complete transparency. It was never supposed to be a business. Didn't want it to be a business. Just kind of became a business after I didn't get a job when I graduated. That was it. It was literally supposed to be something fun that we did that could be that you know, again, just allowed us to build a brand in this space. So by the time I graduated, I would have a job. And, you know, I kind of went after one job and didn't really diversify my, you know, my look and feel. And, 
outside of that, that one job and that job didn't come to fruition. And so, you know, it's kind of left holding, you know, nothing, right. I was, I was working at a restaurant and I was living at the time with my girlfriends in Miami. And uh, I was just like, well, I'm not moving back to Arizona and I'm not doing anything that is going to, you know, take away from the time that I have on front office sports. So shit, might as well figure out a way to, to go all in. And I did. And, you know, here we are six years later now, no, four years later, five years later, something like that. So <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. It all kind of melds together. Yeah, but I, in kind of like in one sense, me as a content creator and something that I know and I've seen is that showing up consistently is like is is not easy at all. Like fun being the only driver, at least in my eyes, is is I mean, it's good, but I would say that you had like you had more to it. You know, you 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 had a vision. You had like the brand may, may, might be the vision, but you had like you knew something, and that's what that's what I want you to tell us, Adam. What did you knew about creating content? Were you were you understanding how like different media trends were working, or were you did you saw uh, the value of written content that was not being published in sports? Maybe at that time, was that like a gap, an opportunity gap that you saw and you were like, okay, so maybe I'm going to do this. And then if it's, it's someone, if some people start resonating with it, uh, they're going to, you know, eventually come see what I'm doing. Or like, what was it that you saw that you really saw that convinced you to show up consistently, to write up? Because, you know, the whole like frustration part, you don't really yeah. talk about the, the frustration yeah. part a lot. But I do believe that you went through a lot of frustration with like creating content and putting it out there and like maybe... You weren't getting enough, I don't know, subscribers or yeah. responses or things like this is like the part of creators that we never see. Right. The whole like frustration part. So I really wonder like what you saw at that time yeah. to have you keep up with the consistency, keep going with with Ross and everything like yeah. for so long to like eventually get it to be successful. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things there, to be honest with you. Uh, first thing was, you know, I feel The, the opportunity I saw that was that people weren't telling the stories of people who worked in sports. So that was the original whole thing, right? Again, it was informational interviews. So I was like, well, everyone's talking about LeBron, but no one's talking about the guy who works at the Cavs, right? So why don't we talk about the guy who works at Cavs? So start out doing that. And what happened was, is like, people started sharing that interview. And then those interviews had other people reach out and said, hey, I want to get in. It's just like, that's how it all happens, right? It's like the snowball effect is an avalanche effect. You start moving down the the road in terms of being able to like look at and think about what is going on and the opportunities that are happening and so like it was just like one little milestone at a time you got our first hundred page views then we got our first thousand page views then we got our first ten thousand page views and then we got you know it took us a year I think in the first year ever to do like twenty thousand page views or something like that and we do that in like half a day nowadays right some days right it's just like crazy uh, and so again but it's just like it's all, all building. I always say it's like 1% better every day, 1% better every day, compounds, compounds, compounds. And yeah, we looked at like, we were really active on Twitter and have been really active on Twitter. We've been really active on LinkedIn and Instagram and just taking different approaches, I think in this category and in this space that most people don't. And so being able to focus on that now our, 
our goals and the vision is much different, right? It's the whole idea about building an enterprise business publication that is in the upper echelons of like the Wall Street Journals, the Politicos, the Bloombergs, everything like that. Like that's the goal that we're now chasing, which is a little bit different, but it's it's iterated, right? Like the goal has changed over and over and over and over again. And luckily we've had the opportunity to continue to advance it. And now we're really solely in a place where I feel like we're going to have the opportunity to take advantage of it. Yeah, and, and I think that, I mean, the unpaved way of any startup right growing and not knowing what the next step is or what the right next step is um i want to i want to maybe talk a little bit more about that with you but maybe guide us or tell us share with us some of the most significant challenges of hiring the right people and growing the fos team where at the beginning like right after you and russ um started seeing traction and started seeing that you guys maybe can hire some people what were some of the challenges of hiring the right people I mean, there are always challenges for that. Like, I mean, that's the crazy thing too about all this. And, and this is just in general, but like media specifically is solely a realistically a human capital business, right? Like, it's not like we're making technology. We have people who are creating content and people who are writing and people who are selling that content. And all of it comes down to relationships. Our reporters have relationships with sources that allow them to break stories. Our sellers have relationships with people who allow them to buy media and market and advertise with us. And so it's just like one big relationship thing. And so, I mean, look, like we've gotten it right. I think more recently you have to figure out your core values and then you have to make sure you're hiring around those core values. And you have to be like really like staunch on that, to be honest with you. Like, I think that is like really totally the things that you have to be focused on. Uh, because again, like you start to, uh, things that happen is you start to like find, or you start to make excuse. Oh, like they're okay, but like, they're not great. Well, the issue is, is like, three or four people, okay, people, especially in a very small organization can really slow the organization down. So you have to find the great ones and it takes a while. And early on when you can't afford to pay the great ones, right? Like it, it again, takes even more. You have to take chances on people. You have to find people and mold people. And those are all the things that you have to kind of do. And it's a, it's, it's the hardest part of any job. I think anyone will tell you that um, to be honest with you, but like for the most part, if you're able to find a really solid group of people and then provide them with the, infrastructure the resources the support the ability to advance like the the thing with startups is you have to find make sure that people just don't churn and leave right like you don't want to lose people it takes a lot of effort to hire people you don't want to lose people and i think those are the biggest things people like all the time about hiring people but it's retaining people it's just like customers right like you, you get that you have to get the customer and then once you get the customer it's very easy not very easy but it's a lot easier to you know have them return and renew Same thing with employees, like, you know, you don't want to have to like keep churning through employees. Yeah. And I th also think because at the end of the day, those employees will represent your brand, right? They say that brand is a reflection of culture. And I think Peter Ducker's, uh, Drucker was the one that said culture, it's strategy for breakfast, right? That culture isn't really the happy hours at the office or how comfortable the chairs are or what gifts they're receiving, you know? Culture is really about like how your employees react to specific situations or how can they manage pressure and respond to different challenges or, you know, how they treat their, their customers or their partners or each other even. So I want to maybe talk more about that, like culture, because FOS has this very significant brand out there on the media side of sports. And I do believe that that is product of the culture that you've been building so far. So What do you think are the pillars or the foundations of the FOS culture? Uh, how much of that do you believe it's really reflected in your brand? And, and what are some of the, th the things that you do 
day by day or maybe that you've been doing throughout the years to set the really that culture up in in the organization so there's there's a few of them right like i think the the biggest ones for us from an organizational standpoint is is really comes down to a, a few things right efficient excellence is a is a huge core value of ours like we have to again we have to have the skill and agility to execute an excellent process with ease right it's not easy to create content every single day and create a uh, a media brand, right. Where you're producing stuff every single day. Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's just tough to create all the time. Uh, another big one for us is ambitious, uh, adaptability. So a startup, you have to adapt, right. There's things that don't happen perfectly. You have to move around. You have to find things that work once they do work. You have to double down. If they're not working, you have to remove them. So that's a big one. Passionate ownership. I mean, that's the whole thing is like, we want to trade people like adults. Like we hired you to do the job. You know, as long as you can own that job and do that job, it's it's going to be great. And so I think those are the things that like for us, it's really important, right? We want you to feel like you have ownership of the role and of the opportunity and, and everything like that. So that's a big thing for us. Trailblazing innovation, another huge pillar for us. Uh, one of our kind of, I would say, unofficial official mottos is we don't set the bar we raise the bar and even if we set the bar we raise it so like that's our whole thing it's like okay we set the bar with rising 25 how do we raise that bar how do we raise that bar how do we raise that bar all the time so i think those are the big things for us too and then consistent quality you know this is a game of consistency and execution media at the end of the day comes down to two things consistency and execution if you execute really well and you execute consistently it's probably going to take a long time. Like, I mean, look, we're seven years into it, like seven, seven years into it, which is like crazy. And we're just now starting to hit our stride. Right. And so again, like you think about it, every overnight success story is a 10 years in the making. It's true. You know, uh, I think once we get to 10 years, we'll probably be in that case. But right now we're finally just starting to feel like everything is coming to, together. You've been having the, the role or the, the need to have so many different hats throughout the years right from content at the beginning writing it everything out and and now strategy and social media events partnerships you, you you've been almost everywhere but i wonder like where do you see yourself being able to execute your most creative work like where do you see really thriving like the adam white that you know delivers the best creative work where's where's that where does that happen where does that happen oh lord um You know, honestly, when I'm probably not working on work, when I'm like cooking or running or, you know, it's just like with everything <laughs> else, right? Like once you're not thinking about it and you're not immersed in it every single day, you're really like focused mm. on it. Um, I think that's probably where I do the best work. Uh, I always just look for other places for inspiration too. You know, I always tell people like, don't look at the industry mm -hmm. that you're in, look at other industries. So we're always looking at other industries and seeing what they're doing and how they're covering things and how they're building packages and how they're promoting things and uh, various elements like that. So I think those are the, the opportunities that we look at as you have to find inspiration. Like I, I've spent so many years working in the restaurant. So I always think about like, what's, what's going, what's going on in the restaurant industry that we can look at that we can take from, uh, you know, I think the other thing too, is like, there's even things that you learn picking up from a habit standpoint for restaurants is, If you got time to lean, you have time to clean is like one of the things that like people I did. And so that's what I always think about. Like if I have time to lean with the business, I have, you know, time to clean essentially. What else can I be doing? So, I mean, look, there's just little things you pick up from every aspect of the experience. And I think that's the biggest element is how do you apply all of the things that you know, that you see, that you read to what it is that you're executing on a day in and day out basis. And you, you talked a little bit about like inspiration from other industries. 
what are some of the like places or sources of inspiration for you? Uh, it could be also like books or people like people that you follow throughout the years or that you've kind of like you kind of uh, grabbed ideas or inspiration from from a few different peoples. Like if, 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 if that would be like your Mount Rushmore of inspiration, like who would you who would you put there? Yeah, I mean, I think we've done I, I've mentioned this multiple times, but inspiration specifically from a media standpoint. I mean, I love what Politico has done. Uh, I say it all the time, like Politico's business model, I think is probably arguably one of the best in media. And they've been able to really figure out a way to do it. And they have arguably one of the most successful media exits ever, uh, which is amazing and, and a true testament to what that team built. So yeah, I mean, Politico is a great inspiration. I mean, you look at some of these other people who are doing things uh, differently, per se. And, and trying to take different approaches to elements of coverage and of media and, and of kind of how they see the world. And, you know, obviously what Walt Disney did and Disney, and, you know, again, like we're not going to be Disney, but just taking elements that they built IP, right? Like IP is so important as a brand. And so like the front office sports brand and the IP that we have is just like super, super important for us. And so that's why like rising 25, like we are just so gung-ho focused on building brands and franchises is if we can build brands and franchises then we can monetize those brands and franchises and so we've done a really good job building the front office sports brand and haven't had like we tried other things like totally like we tried to launch like other newsletters and like things like that it just wasn't the things that we wanted to do wellness wellness wednesdays huh wellness wednesday that was good and we'll bring that back <laughs> wellness wednesday was sweet that that's 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 a good brand um but we, you know, launched, tried to launch a, a, a sports betting newsletter. And it wasn't that the person mm -hmm. wasn't great. Like Doug's amazing, but like just the timing and like us competing and like trying to grow multiple news. It was just totally a hot mess. Uh, and we learned a lot from that. So uh, our whole thing is now, how do we focus on continuing to make the front office sports band as, as big and as, as bad as possible? And then from there, being able to think about, okay, how do we do other things within the front office sports brand, which is our learning business that's really started to take off from us, our pro business that's going to be big, our events business that hopefully will be big, right? So all those different elements, uh, I think, are important for us. I want to touch on the relationship between something you've been mentioning, that is content and brand. I think those two are very important in, in the engine for FOS. Um, and I want to maybe understand more of what you think around content as as that driver that drives everything that you guys do. Because uh, God forbid, tomorrow you guys stop posting content for for a month, right? What happens? The, the brand stays, yeah. stays, but then can you can you still sell you know partnerships or can you still do things, right? I, I think I think that the content plays a very important. Um, element in your brand so i, I just made me want to get your opinion on on how you see content as the engine of fos and how that relates to what the brand can do moving forward i mean content is at the center of everything we do i think I've, i've mentioned this previously is that there's this hub and spoke model that we're trying to build the hub is front office sports right and the content that is created by front office sports and the spokes are the other things that i've mentioned our awards and events business our learning business, our live business, our pro business, which is part of content. So like, like we couldn't have a words and events business that was taken seriously if we didn't have content that people took seriously. Like we couldn't have. But that is, but that is because you, you through content, you build the brand yeah. that gives legitimacy to the other types yeah, of events. Totally, right? totally, exactly. Right. So like 
the brand is built off of what the content is, right? Like you could put front office sports on another brand. And if the content wasn't good, like the brand wouldn't mean anything, right? Like I could go put front office mm-hmm. sports on another publisher. And if the content wasn't good, like the brand would be like, what? Right. that doesn't make sense. And so again, so basically you mean, you mean here that also for you is very important. The quality of yeah, content. 100%. Is that 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like for us, like, that's, I mean, with everything nowadays, there's so much content. So the only content that matters is the stuff that's, that's high quality and cuts through, right? Like, right. And everyone could get distribution at just with $5 on Twitter yeah, or whatever. I mean, a hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and, and essentially like looking forward, um, is there any other type of model you want to adapt to your brand and to the brand and, 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 and model, I mean like content model. Meaning like, for instance, Barstool, they have personalities, but they also like have submitted user generated content. Yeah. Uh, over time is mostly, you know, original content for you guys is also mostly original content. But then you guys also, you know, I've seen you, do, you've done interviews and you do, you know, you bring other people. So is there a specific model surrounding content that you guys are looking for or that you, you have in mind to eventually capture the whole panorama of how content can benefit your brand or are you only thinking about original content and the other things as you mentioned that come out of that building a brand and then putting out events yeah i mean look i think i think it uh, it comes down to again content and the brand first but yeah i would love to have personality driven content we just have to find the right tone we're an editorial news driven publisher Mm. like that limits us right barstool has the ability to play in spaces that we don't because like they we we're seen as an as an as an authority and it's not that they're not seen as an authority in different ways right they're they're an entertainment brand we're a news brand mm-hmm. and i think that's very different right like you have to have like for us like we couldn't have you know i mean maybe we could but like it wouldn't make sense for us to have like a caller daddy type podcast or something mm. like that like there's just no no it doesn't make sense right so i think those are the things that when I think about where we're at as a business is, is really like, yes, I think we need to find ways to tap more into personality, but do it in a way where we're, we're still staying true to the editorial nature of the brand because that's extremely important. Right. Yeah. Also, because I think that you've starting to see more and more how people follow people, right? You see, for instance, Joe Rogan is becoming like a, a whole media business. Uh, Pat McAfee in sports, you see how he's getting tons of attention. Now he actually signed a deal with FanDuel. Yeah. Um, so you see, you see how different like people get, get uh, followed by people because they become voices, right? They, they represent at, at the end um, a different voice that you, you hear from brands. So I think that if, that would be maybe an interesting point, point of view. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always been, I think it's always been true, right? People always follow people, but like at the end of the day, brand still matters. You know, like ESPN still matters. But do, who, do, who do you think has the voice? Because when I think about like delivering good, good messaging, what do, what do brands do when they want to like, I don't know, sponsor something? They go to athletes and they, they you know, they, they communicate their messages, right? Totally. So brands, brands are totally. brands and brands are great, but people are the ones that deliver the messages better, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it just depends on what, on what you're talking about. Because like, yes, like a brand like, Oreos is a brand that like doesn't make sense but like a media brand like the New York Times like people still the New York Times is a paper of record because it's the New York Times right not because you know name a reporter writes there right and look like you talk to anyone who says look I work at name a publisher we'll just use CNBC for an example 
there's inherent benefits for working at a place like CNBC. People know it. Yeah. People know there's big, big reach. People know this. And they're going to talk to you because of the fact it's CNBC, because it's Bloomberg, because it's Wall Street Journal, right? Like those things still matter. Right. And yes, obviously they're a amalgamation of personalities and voices and, and people who are part of that. But at the end of the day, it all ladders up into this big brand. And so, I mean, look, everyone has always followed personalities and, and people like there's always been critics and there's always been people who have like celebrities mm-hmm. who have dominated headlines and people listen to and, and follow and stuff like that. But brands, you know, still matter in a way and they still are important overall. And I don't think that's ever going to go away. I think it's just going to change. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that you guys can also talk, tap on that side on personalities as well. Like, I don't think they're, they're exclusive, you know, one from another, like they can really, uh, work together in, in an ideal scenario. Um, but what is your, really your perspective on the media business and like the attention economy, like where people are starting to focus their attention? Where, what do you think is changing in terms of like, uh, your specific audience? Because I, I know that you guys focus on 25 to 65 year old professionals, right? So maybe the younger audiences that are now focusing on TikTok and that are very, you know, Uh, short focused, short, short, short time focused. It's not really what what's happening to your audience. So what is happening to your audience in terms of like the attention economy and where where these people are are driving their attention? What do you see trending? or What do you see changing? I mean, you just have you just have to you just have to meet people where they are. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like, and that still fit with the brand, right? Like, I we have probably you know we have you know, almost 200, people who follow us on LinkedIn. I don't know how many of those people are subscribed to the newsletter, but you know, they follow us there and they yeah. get our content there and they engage with us there, right? There's 102,000 or people that follow us on, uh, on Twitter, right? They don't all subscribe to the newsletter. Maybe some of them, half of them probably do, but they get different content on Twitter, right? Like we have 20,000 people who follow us on Instagram. You have 2000 people who follow us on TikTok. We're just starting on TikTok, And so I think the biggest thing that it comes down to is really just mostly focused about how do you meet your audience where they are with content that's formatted in a way that makes sense for the platform, right? LinkedIn, we know what makes sense for the platform and we don't, and we like really lean into that. Twitter, same thing. Instagram, same thing. So you have to know where your audience is, what kind of content they're consuming on the platform and then how you can provide them with that content. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that a hundred percent, Adam. Uh, man, this, this has been fun. This has been uh, super interesting. So many insights, so many things to think about. And this, this just a uh, short halftime snack. I can't leave without asking you maybe a more uh, personal question to you uh, to get to know you more closely. And that is what, is, what is the kindest thing that someone has ever done to you? Oh, kindest thing. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Kindest thing? I think there's a lot of, I mean, I think people have just given me my t- the time. At the end of the day, right? Time is stuff that you can't get back. At the end, like that's the one resource you don't ever get back. And I think that, you know, as I look back in the early parts of, of front office sports and the career and everything like that, like quite frankly, honestly, like people were kind with their time and they gave me their time and they shared their posts and they like were just like wanted to talk to a kid who never freaking should be talking to a director of marketing or, a, you know, a president or things like that. And they, they did that and they believed in what we were doing. And I think people still do, people still give us time. People still believe in what we're doing. People still like what we're doing. And I think at the end of the day, that's the only reason why we are where we are. And, and that's, I guess that goes for employees too, right? Anyone, right? Like 
We have amazing employees that are now building this brand and who are giving us their time to do that. And it, it, I think that's the biggest thing. That's the, the kindest thing that's ever happened is we've built a brand that people believe in, that people want to be a part of, and people give them, give us their time, whether it's to speak with us, whether it's to write for us, whether it's to work for us, et cetera, um, to be able to do that. And I think that's super meaningful. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.